Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're talking about smart food prep for runners. If you'd like to have more time to enjoy your training and still have healthy meals, please join us to discover our steps to smart food prep. Remember, good food planning leads to great running results. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome back. I'm Karen and I'm here with Aileen. And to to begin with today, we're going to, as usual, share a little bit of something personal regarding our um, running or nutrition with you. So since we're going to be in the kitchen today in this episode, Aileen, do you have any kitchen gadgets that you love or would find difficult to live without? Oh, yes, everything. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can choose just one. Um, but I think probably my difficult to live without would be my juicer. Um, I've even been known to take it on holiday with me. If it's a, if it's a cottage holiday or a self-catering holiday, I'll pop it into the back of my car and uh, so I can have juices while I'm away. Um, but also uh, my other favourites to just really keep life easy. Uh, I've got a, a Nutribullet and a Vitamix. So a Nutribullet, great for those one cup um, smoothies. And uh, my Vitamix I would use for soups and, and larger quantities of blended things uh, but I've also got a food processor so I'm saying it's really difficult to say what could I not choose um, so I guess if I was forced to choose I think it would be the food processor just because I think it's really versatile and it saves loads of time in the kitchen and although I've not blended in it I'm sure I could probably find a way of blending too so so what about you, Karen? Have you got any favourite kitchen gadgets? Well, Aileen, you've got so many great ones. I just wish I had the room in my kitchen for for, for them. Uh, but we've just got such limited room that um, that my my gadgets are limited. But 
One that I would love to have in the kitchen, if I could, would be um, a dehydrator because I love so many raw foods. And also I could activate um, my nuts and my seeds in it. You know, I tend to, to buy the packets of them and they're really quite expensive. But if I had a dehydrator, I could do it myself. Um, but choosing a gadget that I do have, it would it would have to be uh, my KitchenAid blender. You know, it's always sitting out there and I use it so often for soups. I make my own sauces and hummus and pesto and smoothies. The list's endless, really. It's such a great gadget. Um, so that would, you know, that would be the one that I do have a juicer, Alien, um, but it's just too big to have out yeah. on the counter. And because of that, I don't use it as much as I would like to. Um, which is really frustrating, but now and again it does get a, 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 a time on the on the shelf so that I can enjoy my juices, and Ellie loves them as well. So, just kind of moving on to the topic, like we were saying, we are we are in the kitchen today talking about sort of smart food prep for runners. And the reason we chose this topic is because we hear so often about um, runners having so many challenges. And that's sort of from, I'm saying runners, but also from our clients and, and our hub members. So about the challenges they have around not having enough headspace or practical time to organise their food um, as well as trying to fit in their training runs, balancing family and business and work life. So, um, and, and we feel that it's a problem that's easily solved by just taking a few key steps and tips. And, um, and we've sort of within our easy nutrition for healthy runners online program, we've designed the, the hints and tips as part of that. But today, what Aileen and I are going to focus on and chat about are three key areas that hopefully we think will will um, help and support you all. And the three areas we're going to discuss are about getting organised, about shopping time, and also um, the kitchen prep ideas to, to make things easy for you. So Aileen, just thinking about getting organized why do you think food prep is such a challenge for so many runners if we look at runners specifically well I think it's a challenge for lots of people whether they're runners or not but I think as you mentioned Karen when you're a runner uh, you've got lots of challenges you might be you know you might have a, a busy uh, work life um, you probably got a busy personal life. I don't know anybody who doesn't. And, um, and then you've got to fit in time to do the training runs and maybe extra cross training sessions and time for stretching and maybe yoga and Pilates. You know, it's a full time job being a runner, isn't it? Um, and, and often if I, if I'm talking to clients and asking them to make changes, the, the big, thing that will be the barrier is that they say, I, I haven't got time. I'd love to do that, but I just don't have time. Um, so, and that comes through in, you know, the people that we work with in the online group and also the people that are in our Facebook group when, when they're joining that, that's one of the challenges. Um, but I, I always say, you know, we've all got 24 hours a day and we all need to eat. Um, so I tried to sort of delve a bit deeper into the challenges or the barriers that people put up which often can stop them having success and um and help them to plan ahead think about having a routine in place to get organized 
and also to get them to think outside the box about what they eat, uh, when they eat it, and also just get them to connect all the dots up so that when they they sort of embrace the organization part of the process, they realize that that gives them more time to enjoy their running. So it's like a worthwhile investment. And more more than that, once they start having more time to dedicate to their running, they start getting better results. So, you know, it's a big win-win all way around. Mm, and what about you, Karen? If, do you have any challenges that your clients experience when it comes to food prep? Yeah, I think some of the challenges that I come across with with my clients is um, sort of have, being short of time for the for the actual shopping aspect of it and and the cooking time and also because of uh, like we were saying busy lives busy training lives that they find that they're really hungry before or after training but they haven't got anything prepped because they haven't got the time to prep stuff and also eating late in the evening after a run um that and, and because they haven't got got anything prepped they find they're eating really late at night and that can lead to to digestive issues once they go to bed but overall i think it's just that that people just feel a bit confused about what to do to help themselves they can see that they've got these dilemmas but they don't know what to do about it yeah you can really feel people's frustration can't you that you know they want to mm -hmm. do the right things but often they don't know where to start and and that is one of the main reasons why we focus on that in in our online program it's like helping people put it into practice implementing is is the key thing um so yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you say, Elaine, I can really empathize with people's frustrations. So looking at that and their frustrations, what, what's your advice about, about getting organized? Well, I usually start with um, talking about what I would call meal concepts. So I'm um, thinking about fueling, you know, get really getting into the why we're doing this and the different sort of um, parts of our fueling. So thinking about every day, um, what we need to do on an everyday basis, what we need to do for pre, during and post training requirements, and also what we need to do to make sure that you have easy digestion, like you mentioned earlier. So that, that's a sort of um, a cornerstone part of um, thinking about getting organized. Also thinking about personalization. So developing a plan around their day. Um, what their time frame is, what their responsibilities are either for themselves or for other people. Um, have they got a timetable? Uh, and of course, what their training is, um, because nobody ever has the same day uh, every day. I don't think very many people do anyway. Most people have different themes in different days. So you might end up needing to create a plan around um, a work day in three different formats or what they do at weekends so that they've got some flexibility. Um, and the other thing that I always talk about is getting them to break the rules. Um, so by that, I mean um, choosing uh, meals that are required rather than what is conventional. So I think particularly, you know, when you're a runner and you're, you're running at different times of the day, it might not suit you, like you were saying earlier about eating a, a traditionally um, larger, heavier meal in the evening, that might not be the right time, time of day for you to do that. So you might want to swap meal types around. So maybe having a, what would be a typical breakfast meal might be more suitable for you to have at nighttime. Um, 
And also another concept might be meal splitting. So having half your meal before a run and half afterwards. So you're fueling yourself for the run and you're recovering afterwards, but you're not over taxing your digestive system. Um, so I think just opening up people's mind to the different possibilities of how they eat is a really good start to get them bought into making some organizational changes. Yes. So, so what you're saying here really is that, um, you're trying to help the individual tune into the reasons for making the changes and to see what possibilities there are. And like you've outlined here, there are some great possibilities and, and it's about supporting people and getting organized so that they're able to achieve it. Exactly. And then when, you know, when we've done this sort of, uh, the talking around what is possible, then it's time to start looking at the practical approaches. Um, so that, I mean, we go through a number of steps in the program, as you know, Karen, but the first step really is to think about smart, what I call smart planning time. Um, and one of the things I really recommend people to do is to consider that they'll need some upfront investment in planning time um, initially. And then after that, they only need to take maybe 15 minutes a week for um, you know, maintaining that planning on a week to week basis. Okay. Okay. So you're saying there, Aileen, that people would need some upfront investment and in planning. So what would be involved in that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, anything that you do, if, if it's new, it takes a bit of investment and time to set the scene, really. Um, so the kind of things that I would talk to people about would be um, creating a healthy food environment. And that might just be as simple as um, tidying out your kitchen, uh, looking at what's in the larder, the fridge and the freezer, um, and creating that healthy environment. So it's like removing the things that aren't going to be supportive to um, your um, food plan going forwards and that might just be segregating them to different parts of the larder and having all the healthy front things at the front that kind of thing um and you know we talked about equipment earlier on so that might be another you know get out the, the blender that's languishing away at the back of the cupboard because you need to use it or having everything ready and at hand is going to be really important um and then moving on from that i would be helping them uh, create a favorite meal and snack list. So um, getting a, a list together of all the things that they um, enjoy eating um, that we could incorporate into a plan. And then another aspect would be looking at creating what I call um, an essential list. So a larger essential list. So all the foods that they will need to prepare this favorite meal and snack list so that um, you don't have to write your list every week. You know what you should have in stock and then you just adapt it for when you, you go and shopping. So that means that on a week to week basis, you just need a quick check. Um, you've decided what meals you're going to plan and you're updating your shopping list. And then you either do your shopping in person or online. And it just makes the whole process sort of smooth and, and quick and easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like the idea of the list, you know, lists of, of favorite foods and sort of just making sure that you've got a list with all the essentials that you need for the cupboards and the fridge and the freezer. But, um, what about people who would say, 
I don't like to decide what to eat until the day. So they're not so keen on the, the list. They just want to decide in the moment. Yeah, well, I, I can really understand that because I'm one of those people. I, I But I still do all the steps. You know, I'll, I'll still have uh, my lists and I'll have my larder stocked up and the freezer will always have some staples in. Uh, but I do tend to have... Um, you know, make that decision on the day or at least maybe in the morning before, you know, so it might be the night before or, or at breakfast time. I'm thinking, okay, what, what's going to be for lunch or, or dinner and how's that going to fit in with my, you know, exercise plan for the day? And I'll maybe take things out or, um, you know, out of the freezer so that I'm ready for later on in the day. So there are definitely ways around it. And I think that's another thing that, you know, everybody's different and you don't have to do things exactly the way we, we say, but pick out the things that are really helpful for you. Uh, but what I would say is that planning really is an unmissable step. Um, I think it's really, really crucial for success. And, and I found the people that don't make time for that upfront front planning are the ones that never really get started or never make the progress. Um, you know, and I've observed that in lots of different scenarios, either with one-to-one clients or if I've been working with groups of people. Um, there are some people that just never get off the starting blocks because they just won't commit to that upfront planning. But the ones who make really good progress, the ones that embrace it and just will get on and do it. Um, and it's a real shame because I think the people that don't do the planning lose out on the benefits of a really easy nutrition plan. Um, but, I, you know, I also think that as runners, um, we're quite a disciplined lot mostly, um, certainly around, you know, getting our running in. And mostly we know what our goals are. Um, and so we can apply those kinds of skills and mindset to our nutrition. You know, we don't decide that we're just going to do a marathon and turn up on the day you know we put things in place to make sure that we're ready for it and I think it's the same with nutrition and food planning you you plan it you break it down step by step you build in the habits um, and then gradually it just becomes that that's your way of life the way you're doing it so you know there there's sort of some pinch points along the way maybe that don't feel normal and easy but they soon become um, just a habit so, um, so yeah, I think that's really important. And just one other um, thing that's popped into my mind when we were talking about the getting a healthy food environment and doing the upfront planning is um, have lots of storage containers because that's really going to help you with um, preparing your food and storing your food and being able to take it with you when you're on the move. So I should have added that in a bit earlier on, Karen. Hmm. Yeah, no, but a, a great, a great additional tip actually, because I think it is important to, to have the containers and everything in place. Um, so that when you do make the changes, they're there and ready for you to use at home, use in the freezer, use at work. So all, a great additional tip. Um, thanks for that, Aileen. So I think what, what you're saying is that there's a real acknowledgement that most people and definitely runners are short on time. And because of this, sort of the meal planning and that advanced prep is, is really important for it to work. And you gave us some great tips um, throughout. But I think the one that stands out for me at the moment are, are about the lists, just ensuring you have the storage containers and thinking about buying online because it's it, and I think there's more of that happening 
at the moment, you know, we're still in the times of, of coronavirus, so more people have moved to shopping online. So I think that's been a natural shift there. Um, so, and, and I would just say to people, you know, if this is an area that you're really struggling with, then, you know, just consider the, um, the online program that we have, the Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners, because there we have lots of handouts and information that will support you through this planning and preps um, stage. So, so what I'd like to do now, Aileen, is just kind of to move on to that second section about that shopping time. We're speaking, we're speaking about shopping online and, and how that's become more the norm at the moment. I'm sure that will sort of change as, as more and more places open up and it becomes easier to go shopping. But what, what are your tips around dedicating dedicating the time for shopping yeah well it's a bit like you know dedicating the time for planning you know you've got to do things to allow things to happen haven't you so the key thing is to schedule the time to do it um so my my top tips would be um do your shopping list put it in writing and and also um put a time in your diary every week that you're actually going to um, write your shopping list and, and also time to do your shopping. Um, so, you know, again, as you say, we're, we're, you know, living in unusual times at the moment, but if, if we were pre, um, lockdown, pre coronavirus, the kind of types I would be saying to people is maybe, you know, write your shopping list when you're on the train going to work or on your lunch break, you know, do things to just make use of a little bit of downtime here and there to do these kind of jobs. But I think it's getting into a routine. And if you know that, you know, every Thursday evenings, the night you're going to check what's in the larder and amend that template shopping list that we talked about, that would be really helpful. Um, and I think, you know, also to decide when you're going to go shopping. So whether it's you're going to do your shop online or whether you're going to actually physically go to a, a shop or a market to do shopping, know what time of the week or the month that you're going to do that. Cause some people like to buy in bulk. Um, and then always shop with your list. So have it with you. Now, some of my clients will you know, we'll create this shopping list and it might be something that they just keep on their phone and they always know that they've got it with them. So it's a reminder. Um, and as you said, you know, earlier, there's tons of different places that you can do shopping. Um, so, you know, we've talked about the supermarkets, which are great. There's local shops and markets. And the other thing that um, people may have tried or they may want to think about trying is the boxed food deliveries. Um, so a great tip if you, if you are short of time is to maybe for, um, three or four meals a week, use one of these meal box offers. So, you know, I'm thinking of the kind of things like Hello Fresh and Gusto and, um, that type of, um, organization where they will, you know, you, you pick a meal box and you'll maybe get three or four meals delivered. Um, and that can sometimes just relieve the burden of thinking about what you're going to have, doing the shopping for it. They're usually easy things to make, you know, so they don't take too long to make. And you might also want to think about getting a veg box delivered. So, you know, you've got vegetables to go along with that meal box as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that that would be my tips around planning when you're going to do your shopping and how to do it. 
Yeah, and I would agree with you regarding the mailbox idea, Aileen. I think that's a really great idea because, like you say, it's going to save time on shopping. And usually they're really fast to make. You know, they're easy recipes and they've almost they've measured out the, the different ingredients for you. So it's just kind of pulling it all together. So I think they're a great idea. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the sort of word of caution with them is they can be expensive. But I always think, you know, if you, if you time you know, if you don't have a lot of time, then you can maybe justify it to yourself that you're not driving to the supermarket and you're maybe spending time working rather than shopping. So that might be a, a sort of a counterbalance to the price that you're paying. Um, and I think the other thing just to um, note is you should just really check in that the portion size and the plate balance is in place. So I know when I've tried some in the past, I've thought actually the portion sizes were either a bit too big or out of balance for me. So I know on one of them, I thought they were very carb heavy, which didn't um, suit my plan at the time. But all you need to do is adjust the portion that you serve yourself and, um, you know, freeze the rest. So it, it's easy to adapt. Yeah, like you're saying, Aileen, they can be expensive. So if you find that the portion size is too big, you're potentially getting extra portions. So it's like two days meal rather than 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 one. So it's mm. worth bearing that. Or something. Usually they're, they're for two people, aren't they? So it could be you've got four days meals there rather yeah. than um, rather than two. So um, so there are ways of, of working these boxes around. Um, your budget and things like that but still it, it means that you're still getting some really good fresh healthy foods but thinking about that clearly we've we really um like the idea of the meal boxes and being nutritional therapists everything we want to be natural and healthy so what are your thoughts about people choosing ready meals as a time saver uh well i think they've got their place um but I usually make a distinction between what I would call a processed ready meal and what is prepared meals or foods. Um, so a processed ready meal, I would say, is usually made in a factory. And if you check the label, it'll be full of additives and preservatives, whereas a prepared meal are usually what I would describe as real food ingredients, and they're assembled ready for you to cook. So, um, you know, I'm thinking of things like you might buy something that's like maybe a chicken breast and maybe it's marinated or stuffed with some vegetables or something like that. And all you need to do is put it in the oven. So that, that kind of thing can be a real time saver. And especially if you add some prepared vegetables alongside with it, you know, you can have a, a healthy meal relatively quickly. Um, whereas if you're choosing a processed ready meal, the question there is, you know, are you really getting the nutrition that you require um, or are you just getting a bunch of additives? Um, so, so that's the, uh, the distinction I make. Um, so, yeah, I'd encourage people to buy prepared, healthy meals. Yeah, great. Thanks, Alien. I think that, you know, already there's some great, great tips that you're giving everybody, including myself, Alien. And I'm thinking about the, the shopping lists. And, and I think that's such a great idea because one, it means that you don't forget anything. But it also helps prevent you buying the extras. And, and I, I, and that's something I know that I do. I don't tend to go with a shopping list and I'll just go up and down the aisles and I'll just pop things in. And do I really need them? Mm. Um, so I think the shopping list is, um, is, is a really good idea. 
Okay, so what we'll do now is just as, as we usually do, just take a short advert break before moving on to our final topic for this episode. All right, thanks, Karen. So, um, as usual, we're going to tell you a little bit about what we do in Runners Health Hub, and that's where Karen and I offer a range of services. Um, they're all geared up to help you be fitter, faster, and stronger. Um, so, we've been talking a lot about um, easy nutrition today, and uh, over in the Runners Nutrition Zone, that's where you'll find our online program, which is called Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. And, and we, we explain this to you every week, but I'll just tell you a little bit more this week since it's really appropriate to the, the topic we're, we're discussing today. Um, so Karen and I um, put together a program which we, we taught uh, live um, probably about 18 months ago now. And, and when we came to the end of the program, which was very successful, uh, the, the clients we had on the program said it'd be really great if we could have access to this information for longer. Um, and uh, so we thought, well, how can we do that? So what we decided to do was to house the same information, the same materials in, um, in an online format that people could have access to over the course of the year. Um, and what we did was really replicate that course, um, but we, we put it into our, our sort of online platform. So if you join the Runners Nutrition Zone, you get full access to that program, which we teach live from time to time. Um, but you've also can just uh, look at the videos and um, check them out whenever you want to and take maybe a bit longer, um, work at your own pace, basically. So there's lots of short videos. It's usually about 15 minutes long. I think we've got 15 videos in the program there and it takes you through um, some theory and some practical tips and also some action steps to help you put everything into place. Uh, there's a recipe guide. Um, there's lots of templates. So the things that we were talking about earlier, like the um, the shopping list template and the larger essentials and menu planners, they're all there and you can download those and uh, adapt them to suit your own personal situation. Um, and as well as that, you get invitations to join live uh, training sessions with us. So you can ask questions and we'll help you in every way we can to put that easy nutrition into practice. So if that's of interest to you, check it out on our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. That's H-U-B.com. And uh, you can have a look and see if that's something that you'd be interested in. Thanks, Aileen. So let's now move on to the kitchen prep ideas. Um, and so just thinking about runners who want to prepare easy home cake cooked meals to fit in with their running schedules, Aileen, what, what ideas do you have that could potentially help them? Yeah, I've got a few ideas that I can share today. And I, I, I think, you know, I would say you don't have to do them all. Do them as and when you want to try them um, and you can add to them as time goes on. But my first tip is um, batch prepare. And I know usually when I and I suggest that to clients, so the first thing they'll say is, well, I don't want or they'll even say it before I suggest it. They'll say, I don't want to spend all my free time cooking and filling my freezer. Um, but you don't actually have to do that. All you need to really do is double up. So whenever you make a meal, you just double the portions and then you pack it into boxes or freeze. Um, so, you know, if you're making um, something like a soup or a sauce or a casserole, just make extra. 
Um, or equally, you could do the same if you had leftovers. So you just pack up and freeze it. Um, and then you can also do that with dry foods as well. So for instance, if you're making overnight oats, why make one portion when you can make 10? You know, you could make a big batch of it and then you just have to measure it out every day. You could do something similar with trail mix. So there's lots of ways that you can batch prepare and you just fit it into everyday life. That's what my advice. Yeah, some great ideas there, Aileen. And I, I also remember that um, in the online programme, you did a session on ready to assemble packed meals. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, this um, this sort of approach can take a little bit more time and thought and you maybe will have to um, allocate a little bit of time, maybe once or twice a week, maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes, half an hour, once or twice a week to get prepared. Um, but basically what you do is you um, think about what what you would put in your packed lunch and you would think about the protein element, the carbohydrate element, and the uh, probably salad and vegetable element. Um, and then you just prepare food that you can then pick and mix throughout the week. So from protein, it would be things like um, cooking some chicken, some eggs, some fish, um, and you know maybe some vegetarian protein too. Um, and then you'd think about, well, what carbs would I add to my packed meal? So you might need to pre-cook them or maybe you'd use the sort of pre-cooked sachet. So I'm thinking things like whole grain rice, sweet potatoes, um, other root vegetables, perhaps lentils. Um, and so you would have those all prepared too. And you'd, you'd basically put them in individual um, boxes so that you could just pick and mix, as I say, as, as the week went on. And then for the vegetable element, usually what I do is chop up the salad vegetables that won't spoil. So I'm thinking things like spring onions or peppers or radishes, that kind of hard, crunchy vegetable that won't go soft if you chop them. And so you can have those ready too. And then I put everything in a lidded container. And then every day, either the night before or at breakfast time, you would get your packed lunchbox out and you think, well, I'll just put in a selection of what I, what I fancy. Um, you might have some dressings or some dips a lot as well to go along that would just give you an opportunity to have different, different tastes every day. Um, so that's, a, that's basically the way how, how it works. And again, we've got a session on that in the program that would give you a bit more detail if you were interested. Yeah. And, and I really like that idea. And, you know, back in the beginning, I was saying that for some of um, my clients, it's about what do they eat and having the time for food pre, during, post training and late at night coming home and having to cook after they've been for the run. And these ideas here, they're just such such great ideas to sort of have things semi-prepared and you just pull them all together and you've got a meal in minutes really and and I, I really like the idea of the, the you know those pre-cooked sachets and I do use them a lot myself just as a as a base whether it be the lentils or the brown rice or the quinoa just using as that a bit as a base to then build on with with um, other proteins and vegetables so I think this is a really great idea for for our runners so you know, you've already given everybody some great tips, Aileen, but do you have any other specific tips for, for food prep? Yes. Well, I think um, the three things that I would um, 
share with you today because obviously we, there's tons of things I could share, but the things that I think might be really helpful would be thinking about pre-packed snacks, uh, takes to work breakfast, and also thinking about fast fast cooked healthy meals. Um, so if we think about the snacks first of all, I mean, again, it, it's thinking about this batch preparing concept. So um, just get them ready ahead of time. Um, so, you know, you might want to, um, you know, prepare your snacks, whatever they might be, um, and do the same sort of approach that they're, they're easy to grab. I mean, I, I have some clients that even take a box to work at the start of the week. So, you know, they'll, they'll have made maybe, uh, you know, flat charts or bounce balls or, um, you know, whatever they need for the training runs and they'll, they'll get those all ready and they'll have them take them on a Monday morning and they know they've got them at work ready for the week. So that's a, an easy way, um, to do the pre-packed snacks. Um, you mentioned, I think earlier about people being really busy and um, maybe because they're busy having an early morning run, they don't have time to eat breakfast. Um, so they might need to eat breakfast on their commute or maybe when they arrive at work. Um, so having um, a few take to work breakfast ideas is, is really helpful. So uh, my favorite is the easy to travel uh, breakfast that you maybe prepare at home and um, take with you would be overnight oats, uh, which I think probably every runner knows about, uh, protein smoothies, um, and then some um, egg-based dish. You could make up a, a frittata and have it in slices and take in a little box or egg muffins. They're great because you can make those and keep them in the freezer and just take them out as you need them. Um, a dead easy one is boiled eggs. You know, you, again, you see them in coffee shops now, don't you? If you go into press and places like that, you can buy a couple of boiled eggs, <laughs> but you could just as easily do them at home and they could travel with you. Uh, and that my other uh, favorite is uh, a cheesy oat flapjack, which is really nice and tasty. And uh, it's made with um, grated cheese with eggs and porridge oats. So just an alternative if you fancy something savory, but you also want, um, you know, the carbohydrates from the oat flapjack. So they're my take to work breakfast. And then thinking about how you can do those fast cooked meals um, in the evening, you know, and I'm thinking of the people you were talking about earlier, Karen, when you were saying that, you know, people haven't got time to make things and then they sort of come home from the run and nothing's ready. Mm. Um, so the three um, favorites of mine are uh, something called sheet pans. Uh, so sheet pan, I think, is an Australian term, actually. And basically it's um, it's where you... Uh, put all your ingredients for a meal on one baking tray um, and you bake it in the oven. Um, so you would have your, you know, your protein, your vegetables um, all together. And it, so an idea might be um, maybe chicken portions with some onions and um, different kinds of vegetables and maybe some herbs as well, all uh, um, sort of marinated in some olive oil. And you can get that prepared ahead. And you could even do it the night before, have it in the fridge. And then when you come home, all you have to do is put it in the oven. And there's tons of different things you could do with that. You know, there's fish, there's halloumi cheese, there's loads of different things. So there's lots of possibilities there. Um, the other sort of instant fast food is to do a stir fry. Um, so again, you know, you can use prepared foods for that. Or if you want to do the chopping of the vegetables and 
the chicken and the fish and that kind of thing yourself. You can do that. You can have those kind of things prepared. Um, you might even want to take some of the things out of your pick and mix um, meal that you were doing for taking to work. You could then create that into a stir fry if you wanted to. Um, and then the other final one that I'll just add here is thinking about using a slow cooker. Um, so slow cooking can be really great because you can, um, you know, make casseroles or soups. You can even make porridge in it. So if you, you know, if you want to, you could make your porridge the night before, have it on slow cook overnight, and then it's there for you the next morning. Um, and then all you need to do is add, you know, your protein or veg or whatever it is that you're making to make it a balanced meal. Um, so again, that's a really good one for the winter. Um, so, you know, if you're going out for an evening run and you want something warming when you walk through the door, you can make a sort of a, a nice casserole and even have it as a one pot meal um, to help you. So that's me rushing through it all. But <laughs> those are my top tips, Karen, for food right. preparation. Yeah, absolutely. Erin, you've given everybody so many choices. There really is no excuse now for any of us being unorganized. You've just given us so, so much choice and all of it so easy to sort of build up and, and, and put in place to eventually become a habit. So thank you so much for all of that. And I just wanted to ask Aileen, you know, you're speaking about sheet plan and that that's an, uh, an Australian term. Would that be the equivalent of what we would call a tray bake? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's a, a little bit similar. I mean, a tray bake, I suppose I, I always think of tray bakes as being cakey type things. But yeah, I mean, you, you're basically right. using a baking, a baking tray and you're just, um, chopping up everything, putting it in and, and cooking it all together. Um, yeah. and those kind of foods tend to go quite nicely with salads and that type of thing, I, I would mm. say. Um, the other thing that you could do is, um, put your, you know, fish or chicken and vegetables into a parchment paper and bake things that way. So a greaseproof mm. paper or baking sheet, um, is quite, that's another good one because you can make up little parcels, particularly if the family are all eating at different times. You know, you could make up something like that and everybody bakes theirs when they come home. Mm. Um, so again, that's a, an easy thing to do too. Great. Okay. So we're coming towards the end now, Aileen. So I'm just thinking from all of this information you've shared with us today, what would be your key takeaways for our listeners? Okay, so the key takeaways are be prepared to invest some upfront planning time um, right at the start of um, getting organized. And then the next step would be to create your personalized larger essentials list. Uh, then to think about a healthy food environment. So it's quite cathartic actually doing something like cleaning out your fridge and your larder. And it might be, it might seem like a big job, but once you've done it, you're going to feel great. And it's going to give you the incentive to, to move forward with everything else. Um, schedule time for meal planning and weekly shopping. So get it in the diary. Um, make sure you do it every week. Uh, make it happen, you know, so actually do this. And then finally, I would say try out some of the food prep ideas. And as I said earlier, you don't feel that you have to do them all at once. You know, maybe just start with whatever is bothering you at the moment, whether it's I haven't got time for breakfast or I'm never able to have a healthy meal. You know, try one of these different um, suggestions and see how they work for you. 
Right. Thanks very much, Aileen, for those great tips, great takeaways. And Aileen and I just hope that you'll all enjoy trying out some of these really great ideas in the kitchen. And do let us know how you get on. We would love to hear all your stories. And also remember, if you would like some help in putting all of this into place, do join the Nutrition Runners Zone. And you'll find that on our website. Again, just to reiterate what Aileen said, that's runnershealthhub.com. That's H-U-B dot com. And remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. Mm-hmm.